good we here now and let's okay do. okay apologies because i had another meeting and i was saying to them i'm supposed to be on a meeting but you know we had a training last night and we just had to review there have been a number of issues okay so okay. you know as a result of that thing oh no, i'm running late you know <laughs> you know the, these things how are you i'm so grateful to see you i'm so grateful to speak to you because i always watch your your live meetings with awesome teachers that you're meeting. I don't know how you recruit them. And my plan is to look after those teachers that you invite and speak to them, like DM them and, and speak to them, to invite them to is, my faith. But I'm good. Yes, I'm very okay. good. And how are you, Debbie? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so blessed. I, you know, how I get the teachers, I don't know. Because this platform was given to me because God gave me that platform. Yeah. And I said to him, I don't know any teacher except those I teach with. And they don't want to come on, right? So then, you know, as we know, when we are given a job to do, we yeah. get the resources. We so do. he gives me the resources. And you just work with... Them yeah, I just work with it. I just work with it, you know. Because as I was saying to somebody yesterday, mm. I was on a platform talking to an educator just before the show. Yes. And then as we were talking, I said to her, oh my goodness, hold on, hold on. Something came through. So what came through was I meant to do this new platform on, um, on mental health. Yes. That's the one I invited you to. And, you know, we were meant to have one last Sunday, but... I couldn't go on because my internet was given trouble. Okay, that's all. But, you know, we have it once a week and I'm busy recruiting therapists and psychologists and they're just coming. And I've just spoken to one before I actually did my meeting. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I, these people just coming. They're just, you know, they're just coming. God I, is good. I think, I think once you, you are self-aware of yourself and you start doing what you, what you love the most, Mm -hmm. All the good will be attracted to what you do. I think that's why you're getting almost everybody on board. I'm a guy and, I, and, and I'm dying to be in your show. <laughs> it's okay. You're going to be on the mental health one. You're going to be on the mental health one. The reason why I do female educators, I coach female educators. Yes. And as a result of that, I thought, okay, when it came to me, okay, female educators. And it just happened. But it's so interesting because I am meant to be an advocate or a support of educator. Mm -hmm. Someone called me this morning and tell me she's doing something for mental health okay. for, uh, for Black History Month. Uh -huh. And she said to me, oh, you're an educator. I want you to do something on education. And I said to her, oh, my goodness. I said, okay, something just come through. You know, the, the, um, the holistic approach of the black child. Yeah. So the holistic approach on the education of the black child. So I said, to her, okay, I'll get a team together so people could speak. You know, if it was visual, I'd get you to come on. But it's physical. We have a physical thing for Black History Month. It's all you know, in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's on the physical platform, you know, it's on the physical platform, you that's, know. That's wonderful. So it's just really, it's just happening. It's just happening. God is good. He, as I keep on saying to people, I didn't set out to be an educator. That was not my role. I didn't plan to be an educator. Educator was not my thing. Uh, it just, <laughs> and I must say, he's given it to me and I'm doing a real good job of it, you know. 
Ah, to be to be quite honest, you're such an inspiration. We look forward to Thank you. learn from you. Um, I've also hooked my wife in onto your live sessions, and she's loving them. She's loving them. Oh, I asked her that baby's looking for somebody, but she said, ah, you know, because we when when we moved to Ghana, um, she stopped teaching. Um, okay. she's, she's home. She's looking after us because I've been here for this is our second year in Ghana. And okay, children, okay. So she's looking after the rest of us. And she's okay. Well, so you have you got family. I've got family. Um, got family. Um, How many children do you have? I have two children, one boy and one girl. A boy is seven years, a girl is eight. Okay, okay, you've been blessed. That's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. I do hope that you are, she's home, but she's not at home because she's working. I like the fact that you say she's looking after you. That's quite nice. That's, that's a big job. That's it a is, it is. Because she is not just at home. She is... You know, she's looking after the family, and that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic job, the most essential job, and it's, it's necessary. The most critical job ever, looking after yeah. the people. And exactly, she's keeping the family together. Keep the family yeah. together. And yeah, and that's important. So far, she's doing an amazing job. That's you, brilliant. You're that's going brilliant. to meet her soon. Hopefully, that's one brilliant. Of your, one of your um, shows, because she's a teacher. That's it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Baby, brilliant. let's not waste any time. We welcome okay. you. I'm so excited that you are here. Um, to be quite okay. honest, you are the first most experienced teacher to be invited onto this. <laughs> really? I'm on it. Oh my goodness. Them. And, and it's, it's more like you're, you're my role model. You know when you're around your role model? You don't really know what to say. You just want to look at them <laughs> really? and just, just adore them and, and say nothing. <laughs> feel comfortable this is a very um you know this is very it's a very relaxed it's interesting because i had two mentors from the universe two mentees from one of the university i mentored yes and then she said to me oh i'm thank you know i don't know how much to thank you and you know things like that i said well the fact is you passed your course i'm happy i'm a happy mentor you've done your course and you've awesome. done well you awesome. know awesome it's so, interesting. what what we want to do is to to really because I would say we, I, I saw what you did, what you're doing, and you're still doing it. And, and to be honest, it's very inspiring, especially when it's in this profession called education, where, yeah. where, people, where that people don't look down at it. And, and when you tell people, maybe sitting around the table or wherever, you tell people you're a teacher, everybody's going to look at you like you... Um, nobody around the table mm. and mm. and my my dream is to is to make this profession fashionable very attractive especially mm. attracting the young guys to come and say you know what i am a proud teacher i'm teaching i'm loving it i'm making mm. a massive impact in the people's lives mm. so mm. we see what you're doing we want to get to know you so we can celebrate you properly like give you that <laughs> That's lovely. I'm honored. That's fantastic. That is so, oh my goodness, I feel so humble. It's interesting because when you actually came, when you actually came on and, um, and you know, and like, and, um, you know, friend request, I think yes. you're friend requested, isn't it? Yes, yes. And I thought to myself, okay, because I accept anybody until they start telling me proposal in marriage, right? Yes. Because I seem to have a lot of that from the African continent or from the Asian people, right? Yeah, and I'm thinking, you to come back to the continent. And I'm thinking, really? 
You know, so it was interesting. And then I realized that you're an educator. I think, oh, that's lovely. That's really, it's nice. It's really nice. So, I mean, I've been it is so nice. And when I read your story, look at your story, it made me feel very, very emotional for a yeah. number of reasons. Yeah. Because it is so nice to find that male children connect with a mother. And one of the first things you did was brought your mother home. And that was really, I was so emotional. I've been telling everybody about your story. Anybody I could find that is listening to me, I say, oh, and I need to send them the, um, the video. Mm-hmm. It was so, I found that so powerful because you didn't forget your roots. And the fact that you actually learned to swim as well and in such a short time, mm-hmm. because you had a mission. It was, it was it, I was under pressure because, you know, um, there was a coach. He was a white coach. The focus was on the white swimmers who, who could swim already. So he wanted yeah. to get them to nationals and, and international. But yeah. those who were coming in, black people, which I represented, they couldn't swim at all. I'm like, then I need to do something about this. Then I yeah. dedicated my time. Uh, my wife thought I was, I was out of my mind, but I did it. I swam every day. I watched swimming videos on YouTube and just... Wow few days, a uh, few months, weeks later, I, I could swim. And I went for competition. The first competition, um, it was at school, the other school, I was swimming against the students. And it was 50 meter. So I went, it was a, it was a 50 meter um, thing, but the pool was 25 meters long. I swam oh to the other side, freestyle, swimming back towards the finishing line. I, I almost drowned and I stopped and then they came, they rescued me. And what happened? I, the water went right onto my nostril and right here. Then it got me okay. dizzy. Confused, yes. Yeah, yes. so I got dizzy. They didn't know what was happening. And fortunately, there were a whole lot of swimmers around. I got pulled out and... and oh, like, God was good. It's like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do yeah. it again. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And I swam. I represented the Northwest province. That's fantastic. So you went back in the water. Brilliant. I did. I did. Okay. Okay. So, yes. So, we want to get to know you, um, as I've said earlier, and appreciate you and celebrate you as a teacher. So, so in this show, this, this program, when I started, I wanted to attract the young guys. But mm-hmm. we, the young people, we cannot go to the extent that we want to go to without the experienced people because we learn mm-hmm. from you. So we want to know Davy's background and bringing where she, <laughs> who is she. Um, who is before Debbie? you start, Davy, before you start, um, I see that this conversation is it's so beautiful and it's going to take about an hour. And I'm on a free Zoom um, thing. And, okay. And I, I do not want us to, to lose each other. Okay, so it's going to cut out in 40 minutes. Yes, in 40 minutes. So you and then you come back in. Yes, then we'll come back in. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Because my other show, you know, I'm free until 5 to 6. 5 to 6. So that's fine. Okay, yeah. okay. Yes, please. Where's David coming from? Uh, bringing, um, we just want to know you. Okay, my background. I grew up in the Caribbean. In a small country called Grenada, Caricou, small yes. country. There are three countries: it's Caricou, Grenada, and Pitimatnik. And I was, you know, I, I was born and grew up in 
Kariku, the small, one of the small countries. I came to England in my teens and I went to school. I came to school in this country and I experienced so much racism. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Because came up to join, you know, parents, etc., etc. Yeah. And in the Caribbean, as you know, you would appreciate in terms of Africa or any of those Asian countries, etc. Yes. You didn't have that. Mm. But when you actually came to this country, it was a rude awakening because I come from a family who had, in terms of financial, mm. economical, I never wanted anything because people would say it's a privileged background. Okay, it was, you know. And when I came to England, it was a rude awakening because you know, everything you had to do for yourself, that was not even an issue. Coming from the Caribbean, Africa, Asia, children are very bright. As an educator, I could see that yes. because for them, education has a different emphasis. Yes. And the importance for them is very great and it's very high. And in terms of the parents have, um, in terms of the value the parents put on education is very high. So I'm coming from a family who value education because, you know, in terms of my people were doctors, there were solicitors, there were teachers, 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 teachers in my family, nonstop headmistress, whatever. So one of the things I've always had that I'm not going to be a teacher or a nurse. Hell no, that's not me. So when I actually came to this country, my mother is already, you know, a nurse and she's quite high, was quite high in the profession. And I said, I didn't want to be any of that. Coming to England, it was an eye opener in terms of the culture, the people, the television, something as simple as television. We didn't have television back home. You go to the cinema. So when I see television, oh, what's this? People coming from the television, you know, because as far as you're concerned you know and then you're going to see a program and you see the person die in the program but the next day the person is in the program in another program really anyway those are some of the the rude awakening i had coming from these countries mm. and because education and the value is so great you have no choice than to have a good a high standard for education mm. and the school I got into, it was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. Predominantly, it was white and Asian people, but more predominantly white. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's, uh, anyway, because I had a passion for education, when I would actually say yes and put my hand up because I knew the answer, mm -hmm. the teachers would totally ignore me. They ignore me on the basis of, I didn't know that until I became an adult. I had a very, very strong Caribbean accent. Okay. Very strong Caribbean accent. However, the teachers had no time to find out what I knew. They were not interested. So what I did was I became very insular. I stopped talking. There's no point in me talking when nobody's going to be listening to me. And even the subjects that I was passionate about, like maths and classical studies, they were not interested. So there was no point in me talking. So then I stopped talking and I was also bullied because the time I came to England, mm. there was a program called Roots that was on. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't like television. I never really used to look at television. 
So I remember one day this, this white guy said to me, um, Kizzy, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then he said, oh, you guys um, swing from trees. And he used to throw bananas at me. And even when I told the teacher, they were not even interested. So every day, I cried every day in school. Nobody would ever believe that seeing the, seeing the person that I've seen, right? Mm. My education in school was very rocky. And, you know, the other thing is, not only was I being bullied by the white student, especially a white guy, I was also being bullied by the two black children in the class. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was being bullied everywhere. You know, the reason why the black one was bullying me was, as far as she concerned, I had rubber, rubber lips. Right? Mm. I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> so, you know, and it's interesting because when I went home and told my mother, you know, she was a strong woman, a woman before her time. She was a powerful woman. My mother, God bless her, beautiful soul. She was powerful. You know, she said, but you're beautiful. You don't have to listen to them. Yeah. But when you have the negative from the teachers who didn't want to hear you, yeah. and then you had it from the children, it doesn't matter what your parents are saying to you because you see the teacher as the God. Yeah. And anything that teacher says to you is the teacher's word is greater than your parents' word, which is quite sad because I have that with my own children. You know, so... That was some of the things I kind of uh, I experienced. The other thing is, when I said that I wanted to be to do medical research, mm. saying to the career woman, I wanted to do medical research, she said to me, huh, no. She said, you need to be a, um, a, 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 a SEN nurse, which is like a nursing assistant. Yeah. And she said, that takes two years. Well, I didn't know a lot. So I went home and I said to mom, I said, mom, I want to be a nurse and I'm going to be, a, it's going to be two years. And he said, no, it's going to be SEN. She said, what do you mean? You're not going to be. She said, you know what that is? And I said, yes, it's a nurse. She said, no. She said, that is like being a nursing assistant. She said, go back and tell your teacher yeah. that you could be whatever you want to be. Mommy was so mad. And I went back and I said to the teacher that my mom said I could be whatever I want to be and I'm not going to be a, nurse, a nursing assistant. She looked at me and she said to me, huh, you'll amount to nothing. Whoa. That's a big blow eh, for That's someone big who, big one. you know, you feel that is in authority. So I went home and I told mommy and she said to me, it doesn't matter what they think. You know what you could do. And it meant that every exam I did, they did not put me in to do the higher exam. They put me in to do all the lower exams and all the higher exams that they said, if I wanted to do it, I'll have to pay for it. So my mother, being the person she is, she couldn't care. She said, yeah, she's going to pay for it. So she paid for that. So in terms of my years in education, you know, it was a journey in terms of the racism that I experienced. And even when I left school, I didn't know, you know, when I left school, I left with, you know, GCSEs and A-levels, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Because remember, when someone said to you, who you see in 
an authority of education yeah. that you'll amount to nothing, you know, especially when you say you want to do medical research, as far as they concerned, medical research wasn't for black people. Yeah. Nurses were for black people. And not even the high grade nursing is, yeah, you know. Nurses. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So when I left, you know, it's like at school, you know, there were one teacher who saw, he saw my potential. Yes. So even when I used to be crying, he would say to me was, I could never forget that white guy. He was, he just came like you guys just came from, you know, school, um, teaching college. Yes. And he used to teach chemistry. And he said to me, Deborah, come to me at lunchtime and we're going to go through the chemistry. So every lunchtime, after I finished crying, I would go to him and he's going to teach me through the chemistry. I love the subject because it also made me start believing in myself. Yeah. Wow. But at those times, I didn't even understand the whole thing. It just made me because I really, you know, he believed in me and I was eager, eager to go to his lesson and stuff like that. But then he left. So my world collapsed because he, he left. Exactly. Now you left one. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So even when I left school, you know, I stayed, you know, I stayed, I did A-levels, then I left school. I didn't even know what I wanted to do because my dream was shattered because she told me I would, amount, I would amount to nothing. And those programs stays in your head. Forever. Exactly. You carry the program in your head. And then I thought, okay. Then mommies keep on saying to me, it doesn't matter whatever you want to do. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. My mother, in terms of those things, she was so beautiful. She never pushed any of us into any field. She never pressurized us. She said she'd rather have a dunce child than a mad child because she used to work in mental health. So, and I say that to my students all the time. Because it's important for us to have children that, in terms of academic, you could always push the academic. Mm. Once a child is broken mentally, it is very difficult to mend a broken child. Mm. Mm. You know, so that's the, you know, that's the sadness of it. And I went to university, when I went to university, you know, I had the dean saying to us, very few blacks in that university, Oh, he understand our struggle. By that time, I started becoming, you know, stronger. Yeah. Oh, let me go back a little while. Before I went to university, I went to, I went to one of the colleges and um, I did business studies. One of my first courses I did was business studies. It was just, you know, the level was just on the degree. Mm. It was um, an H&D course. And I remember when I got to this course, I would normally sit in the back mm because become invisible because nobody value nobody listening to you so why you know you've always been sitting in the back yeah. and i remember this friend of mine she said to me i'm debbie let's sit in the front i said to her i don't want to sit in front she said yes let's sit in the front we sat in the front i could never forget that and when this teacher her name was stephanie this teacher mm. she was teaching business studies and she's talking and she keeps on I'm sitting there and I know the answer. I think, should I put up my hand? She's not going to listen to me. I'm not a white teacher. Should I put up my hand? Yeah. Anyway, I caught the courage to put up my hand. And she said to me, yes, Deborah. I could never forget that. And when I gave her the answer, she said, yes, well done. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Wow. That was my license to start speaking again. Like at least there's somebody who's willing to listen. 
Exactly. She was willing to listen. She knew that I had the answer. She gave me the confidence. Oh my goodness, it was a dream. I have never sat in the back after that. I have not stopped talking after that. And I've always put my hand up. It takes one teacher, just one educator, to tell you that you are okay. It doesn't even matter if the answer that student give is incorrect. You say, yes, try again. It takes one teacher to believe in you and your whole world opened up. So when I actually went to university, it was easier then because I had gained my confidence. I, you know, (laughs) I knew where I was coming from. Although I was still programmed because I'm thinking, I don't know what I was going to do. Because even when I did my first degree, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I remember one day I thought, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. And I was, I, I went from rubbish job to rubbish jobs. Because I know I did, you know, I did, I work in a bakery, I work in, I work in a laundry. I, I did everything, all everything. kind of rubbish. All kind of rubbish. One day I was looking at the local newspaper and he said, um, looking for people who wants to be a teacher. I thought, teacher? Exactly. <laughs> I want to be a teacher. <laughs> I don't want to be a teacher. Everybody in my family is Nobody. teacher. <laughs> exactly. Because my mother was a teacher before she became a nurse. And I said, yeah. teacher. And I said to her, I said, mommy, I might go for this course. She said, well, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I remember going for that interview. And I met a fantastic, fantastic educator her name is Rosemary Akimbade. Oh my goodness. When I applied to do the course, right? They didn't have a lot of spaces left. Mm-hmm. She said to me that, um, she said, is it okay? Sorry, Debbie. That's fine. One minute. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Perfect, you can continue. She said to me, there's a room on the course. She said, I think there are one or two spaces. She interviewed me. Okay. And she said, fine, it's on the course. So then I did a training. I did two, you know, I did the certificate and then I did the postgraduate. So I did two. You know, when I finished the course, you know, there was still another te- another educator trying to block me from passing. I don't understand these people. And that woman, Rosemary, she fought for me to actually get through that course because the man was finding all different rubbish to fail me on the course. Whereas the white student, he was letting through, although the work was rubbish. And she had to argue that my work was good and better than the other teachers, than the one he's passing through. I eventually got through and then they had a job in that, um, that college she was working in. She told me about the job and then I started teaching in that college. But then I thought I need to go and do a postgrad. So I decided to go back into university and I did another course. It seems like anytime I go to university, they want to stop me. Even when I finished <laughs> my, my postgrad, I had yet again another white teacher didn't want to pass me. I had to go to the dean of school. I had to go to the dean because he said to me, oh, you know, you haven't got enough. Um, you didn't have enough hours. I said, what do you mean? I said, it's all there. But you see, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't even looking in terms of the black and white issue 
again. I was so focused on getting my, you know, getting this next qualification, you know, etc. Mm. And then he said to me, oh, well, you know, you didn't do this. And I had my folder, everything, but he was not willing to remark my oh. work. I thought, wow. you know what? I'm going to go to the dean. Mm. Nobody ever goes to the dean except Debbie Eno. I'm going to the dean. <laughs> when I went to the dean, he was forced. And he hated me after. He was forced to relook at my work. He had no choice than to give me the qualification. Wow. So my... My journey of becoming an educator had been really um, rocky, bumpy. It wasn't a straight journey. Yeah. And it's interesting because even when I finished, you know, in Tom, because I was teaching at the same time, I was, you know, doing this other qualification. And when did I, I didn't even know. It's like the more I start doing teaching, the more I start thinking, oh, this is quite nice. <laughs> You know, because I remember the very first time I did teaching, you know, it's mm. like because I started doing teaching in different industry and I decided I didn't want to stay anywhere. And because when you become a teacher, I keep on saying to everybody, it's like when you try, pass a driving test, it just gives you a license to make mistakes and do work up. That's right? true. That's very It just gives because you don't know what you're doing. Because I remember the very first time when Rosemary said to me, oh, Debbie, there's a position, you know, you need to take it. And I'm saying to her, do you think I could do it? She said, yes. And when I actually did the teaching, you realize that in terms of preparation, you over-prepare because you don't know. You just... You don't know. You just you prepare, know. prepare, prepare, yeah. And it's interesting because I realized that every time, from the time I left my school, everything I did connected to education because I was involved in a Saturday school you know, uh, I run a Saturday school where I taught various subjects, and then I started another Saturday school. You know, then I started, you know, everything I started, I started back history month. Everything I, I did seems to be pointing in the academic film. Mm. So when I actually started, you know, doing forms of teaching, I realized, oh, this is quite nice. I don't have to be in one industry. And then I started trying teaching in all different places. I taught in prisons. Wow. I taught, yeah, I taught in prisons. I taught in, I developed courses for prison. I did black studies. I did current affairs. I did, it was a range. And then I decided to, you know, to teach nursery nurses. Mm. And I decided, I, I did a range of teaching. I taught in educational industries, I taught in community centers, I taught in prisons. And the more I teach, the more I realize that this, this seems to be your purpose, this is your gift. Yeah. Especially when I started teaching in prisons. Yeah. Because I'll have a lot of the prisoners, the prisoners come in and say to me, Miss, that was a good session. That was really good. I think, is it? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, because I I just think I was just doing a job. Oh. And the more I taught, the more I start having that light bulb moment where my past experiences began to play out in front of me. Mm. In the sense that all the negative I had from school started replaying in the classroom, i.e. I started seeing how people are teach, treating 
students and I keep on seeing that that's the same way that they treated me and I'm not going to have it and I'm going to pull them up on it and you know so it's like all of that and the more I see that the more I realize okay this is your purpose and then I realize I'm also becoming very passionate about what I do and I suppose here I am 25 years, probably 26 years later, an educator who have learned a lot and still learning yeah. and have enjoyed this to the max and realized that as much as this career officer or career advisor, whatever she was, have said to me I would amount to nothing yeah. and she did not allow me to go into medical research, but I have to thank her. Because had she not done that, I would not have been in the education arena that I'm in. Mm. And I would not have fulfilled, I would not have been fulfilling my purpose. Mm. And I must say, I love teaching the passion. When telling your passion, a passion, I dream, sleep, eat education. And the more I develop, because my background is psychology, so I've done CBTs, you know, a range of things. Mm. The more I start in being involved in education, the more I'm seeing different areas and the more I'm using the mind to connect. I use my psychology quite a lot. And the more I'm beginning to realize, okay, this is, there's a reason why I'm here. Mm. And I need to appreciate it and also send my career officer, I'm sure she's dead now. Initially, I was frustrated, I was angry, etc., etc. But as you become older and you learn to forgive and you learn to let go and you learn to appreciate Mm. and you learn to be grateful for the negative and the positive, the more you begin to embrace all the negative that came through. And the negative in the fact that saying to me that I would amount to nothing and see where I am right now and saying to my student, hey, do not ever, 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 ever allow anybody to say to you, you cannot do. Those are two words that do not exist in my vocabulary in my classroom. Cannot. I say you take out the cannot and put can. And don't make anybody say to you that, you cannot do what you want to do. You may not be able to do it straight away mm. because, you know, I have students who, you know, probably come in from basic and tell me they want to be a doctor. I say, mm. okay, I am not saying that you cannot be a doctor, but not yet. You have to go through a number of stages first yeah, because I do not feel that I am in a position yeah. to tell somebody what they can and cannot do. Because you see, although they might fail that exam, mm or they might fail that coursework. You don't know what was going on psychologically to prevent them from making that progress. So it needs to be deeper. So what I also discovered is the more you empower an individual, the more they would see ways of doing what they have to do. And for me as an educator, I say to a lot of educators who've been in the field for as long as I have done or longer, 
And I remember that when I was in one of the institution and educators are saying to me, oh, the student gets on my nerve. Da, 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 da. I don't understand how you're always so upbeat. I said, my thing is, I do not want to get in the position like you. If I'm in any job and I'm beginning to hit the job, whether or not I'm doing road sweeping, whether or not I'm doing cleaning, you need to do those with a passion. That's true. If you cannot do those with a passion, you need to come out of it because there's another job there for you. And I always say to educators, anytime I'm moaning and I'm groaning about teaching as you do, yeah. it is time for me to leave the profession because I then begin to see all the negative that exists and is not there because I am no longer passionate about what I do. And I say that to everybody. If you're doing something and you do not have the passion in it, it's no longer for you. Find something else. There's something out there for you. Yeah. You might have to really look for it, but there is something out there for you. Mm -hmm. There is no point in staying in a job that you're not passionate about. A, you will not do it the best of your ability. Then stay away from it. B, you are going to be seeing all the negative that is there which you could overcome, but you make it an issue mm -hmm. because you do not like what you're doing. And B, you will be failing to reflect because you're going to be thinking it's everybody else's fault and you haven't seen how have you contributed to that. Yeah. Something I say to educators all the time, and I know a lot of them probably asking, you, where, where is this woman coming from? When a student is disruptive, it is not the student issue. It is your issue as an educator to find out why this student is disruptive. The student may not know how to express themselves mm. to demonstrate the pain they're feeling. Mm. You have to ask yourself as an educator, am I teaching above the level? Am I teaching below the level? Is it what they connect to? Or am I teaching them something that there's some, there's some emotion that I'm storing up in that? What is happening here? So we need to actually look at what is happening because student behavior doesn't stem from the air. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. Yeah. It is something that they're connecting with that is not comfortable for them and they don't know how to express it. Is it your tone of voice? Is it what you're saying to them? Mm. Is it how you're saying? You know, does what you say remind them of their grandmother who they dislike? Or the auntie who always put them down? What is it? That's true. You know, so situation mm. like that, that's why I say to people, when you look at behavior, we need to look at it. Because this morning I was talking to one of my colleagues and he was saying, because he does, he's an educator, but he also teach fitness. And he was saying one of the children he had in this class, when he was teaching fitness, the child was so disruptive. So I said, whoa, 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 stop. Yeah. How were you teaching that child? Was it a situation where the child couldn't perform and all his peers were performing and he was, you know, wasn't fit, etc. And he said to me, you know, I saw that after because that same child met him in a supermarket and said, I would like you to be my personal trainer. Yeah. Initially, his first response was, I said to him, I hope you didn't say no. He said that was his first response. But he said, okay, 
you're 15, I need to speak to your parents. Spoke to the parents, I said, yes. He said, when he actually took that child on a one-to-one -one basis, he then began to realize that because he, the child's peer were doing very well because they were all fit, mm -hmm. he was so unfit that by distracting the class meant that the attention moved away from him. You know, all the attention sometimes moved towards him because he was disrupting the class. Mm -hmm. The reason why he was disrupting the class, everybody was doing better than him. That's true. So that was the foundation of his behavior. So we were talking about that in terms of, you know, education, in terms of students and teachers. So that's something I always say to teachers. We cannot say it's not us. Sorry. It is our responsibility to find out what is causing that behavior. Mm. Because you need to remember that individual is a child first or a young person first. Yeah. They are not their behavior. What are the factors that is triggering that behavior? Are you as the educator a trigger to that yeah, behavior? Yeah, is it something that you are saying that is triggering that child behavior pattern. Mm. Do they remind you of something? I remember one student said to me, Miss, you remind me of my mother. <laughs> oh, what happened? I said, what have I said? What have I done? She said, well, not in a bad way, you know. <laughs> in a good way. Mm -hmm. I said, really? I said, what happened? Because you see, my parents, when I give excuses, she knows it's an excuse. And you know when I give you an excuse, you know it's an excuse. I say, okay, okay, okay. That's fine. I'm your mother. <laughs> exactly. I said, I could deal with that one. I said, I could deal with that one. You know? Wow. I could deal with that one. Wow. So, so much to, to learn from you, Debbie. Your experiences, um, you, you didn't give up. You, you had a strong mother. You had a strong matter. And, and I think most of us, we are who we are now. We are successful in working as as hard as we can because we have those mothers behind us who said to us, you're going to do it. You can yeah. do it. Nobody can say otherwise about yeah. what you can and what you yeah. cannot do. So it's all upon you. So yeah. Rocky, my mother, my mother was powerful. Your rocky experience at school, which was un unpleasant. And, and it's unfortunate that in some part of the world, we still see it especially back home in South Africa, um, still in Ghana, you still see part of it happening. Um, mm. And I think in Ghana, most people are not aware of it because Ghana didn't have that much um, mm. race issues. But, but because of my background coming from South Africa, I see I'm not, mm -hmm. that's, that's not right. You cannot do that. And when you yeah. stand and you speak, um, instead of your own people, like what happened to you when you're young, it's still happening now, but it's on a yeah. different um, scale. Yeah. It's yeah. When you stand and you speak for your own people saying to the next person, you cannot say that, that's extremely mm. racist. Then the mm. person you're speaking for is like, no, you usually speak like that. Mm. It becomes acceptable, isn't it? They the fail to realize the damage. It's, 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 it has created a big damage and now it moves to another generation and another generation. Mm. So, mm. so I'm, I'm mm. so, so happy to be with you. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how much, how much 
of your experiences are you taking to your different classes, different spaces? And once you see it, how do you deal with it? Because it's right at the back of your mind. I know when it, it happened a long time ago, but if it's that something that you really don't want to see or it was extremely bad, affected you negatively, how do you deal with it when you see some parts of it happening in your current in class? My class. <laughs> It's interesting though because when I actually see those things happening in my classroom, mm. there sometimes I have to breathe and stop myself because I could, I could come down so heavy. Yeah. That there sometimes I realize that I'm coming down heavy because I'm saying to them that this should never, 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 never happen. Mm. And I would say to student that, you know, put down. There's no put down in my class yeah. because the minute I see a student putting down another student you are out of my class and we need to talk. You know, because something I do all the time is like when a student is disruptive in my class, the first thing I say to them, I say to the rest of the class, okay, you guys continue, come. We need to talk. So we go outside and then I'm saying, okay, you want to, uh, you know, most times I'm just leaning against the one. I say, yes, you have something to tell me. What's up? Yeah. You know, what was all that about? And then you are going to see that there's a lot of issue, you know. Mm-hmm. There's so many things coming out. I do not accept bullying in my classroom. And the reason why I'm able to see this so much because of what happened to me. Mm-hmm. That when I see those things, I feel that A, I need to deal with it straight away. Mm-hmm. Because there's sometimes it could be such a big thing. I remember one student saying to me after, Miss, it's not such a big thing. You know, yes, it's a big thing. Because the fact is, you are belittling that student. Mm. Do you know how that student feel mm-hmm. by you actually making fun of them because mm. of the accent they had or because they got it wrong? Mm. Mm. You need to change that. Yeah. So... It is, it's twofold because the person of actually doing it, mm. there could be a reason why that child is doing it because is what is that situation with that child within the family? Mm. Because we have to go back to the family all the time. Mm. Or what have happened in that child's life? And the times that as much as I would stop it, I also, be, I also need to be mindful. I don't only have to deal with the child who received the negative. Mm. I also have to deal with the child who give the negative yeah. on both empathetic way because the child who give the negative could also be crying for help. Yeah. Yeah. And I only began to see that as I began to deal more and more into my psychological background. Mm-hmm. that I realized in terms of the people who bullied me at school, I wonder what was happening. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, you know, I'm able to send them love, send them forgiveness. But it took a lot for me to do that because I didn't understand the concept. Mm-hmm. And one of the young women, we were young at the time at school, you know, mm-hmm. she and I, years later, we become very, very good friends in terms of I'm helping her to do various things, etc. Mm. But not before me saying to her, you know, you used to bully me at school. And this is how you used to bully me at school. You know, I said to her, okay, I know it wasn't your fault because you wanted to be friends with the other woman who was sending you to bully me. Mm. I say, I began to see that. 
And it was interesting when you two were not no longer speaking. So it was interesting because the woman who used to force, you know, my now friend to bully people and to bully me, they're no longer friends. They split up while they were in high, you know, in high school, in the last year of the school. So when I was saying to my friend, you know, you really used to bully me, and I was explaining to her, and I told her the whole story of her bullying and how it made me feel and what I went through, because I had to air it. That wasn't mine to carry anymore. I need to give it to you. And then it's like her thing was, Oh my goodness, Debbie. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I used to come to your house and your mom used to feed me. And you know, I used to bully you. Yes, you, you used to. And then when we speak about it, she could actually see. And when I, because when something negative happened to you, you know, you remember the story, okay? Mm. You may not um, have it as a negative, but you use it as a reference. Mm. So when I started telling her certain incidents and, you know, how they say I had rubber, rubber lips and all of that, she remembered some of it. Yeah. Even the white guy who used to bully me and when I told her about it, she said, yes, oh yes. I said, exactly. I said, you didn't know the full blow because you were not at the receiving end. Mm. But I received this, so I know what it's like. You know, so it's interesting because years later, because you know what, you're in your 50s now and you're kind of a, you know, we talk about it. And as I said to her, I said that sometimes you need to send people love and you need to, you know, forgive, etc. The fact that she and I are very, very close friends now, mm. I said to her, you know, all that you've done to me, I don't even know why I'm talking to you. You know, we will <laughs> laugh about it, right? I said, but you know what? I'm at the stage where I have, you know, let it go. I've sent you, you know, I've given you. Send it out, uh, forgive you, you know, etc. We talk about it now in a joking way and stuff like that, you know. And the fact that she realized and say, I'm really sorry. And it's interesting because we then look at it and we started looking at how in that school, how racist the whole school was yeah. and how racist that whole education system was. Yeah. So it actually gave us, it actually gave us, you know, things to reference and to have a look at. So it's, you know, it's, although it was negative, but it was powerful because it enabled me to become the teacher and the person I am now. Yeah. And I have to be eternally grateful to all these negative people because it's empowered me and it enabled me to empower my students to make them feel that nothing is impossible. And when students said to me, oh, miss, I want to be like you. No, 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 no. I want you to be better than me. You have to be better than me. You don't have to be like me. I want you to be better than me. Mm. I want you to go a lot further than I did. Mm. You know, so it's really, um, so education for me is a powerful tool. And for me, the sad thing about it is a lot of educators are not aware Mm. of the power. The power they have. Yeah. Educators are extremely powerful because their words could either make or break a student. And it depends upon the family network that students have. It could actually break that student because I know some students who, when they come to me, because I used to teach adults, I taught in university, I taught in college, etc., etc., mm-hmm. and I have students who come to me as adults, and some of them are breaking down and say, 
you know, I went through all my years without people thinking that I was somebody. Mm. And that makes me feel very emotional eh, because if I did not have a strong and powerful mother yeah. as I did, mm. it is easy for individual to sleep. And what I always do in all my sessions, especially when I'm teaching adult students, one of the things I say to, to adults when they actually come into the classroom, one of the first things I have, to, I have to praise them. Because you see, when you actually have spent your years bringing up your children and know that you don't know how to read and how to write, and know that you did not have the qualification, the basic qualification that is needed to progress to become a nurse or otherwise. And you actually take yourself and you enter a college mm. of students and you're walking through the classes and the corridor of students who are the same age as your children. Mm. And then you sit in a classroom with people your children's age because you want to learn to better yourself. Hello, I have to take my hat off to you because it is not an easy job. It is not. It, is it not. takes a lot. I remember having one student who said to me, Debbie, this is my third time. She said, I came twice and I got to the gate and I went back. And I said to her, I am so grateful that you, that you actually came in. Mm. I need to honor you. Yes. Because it takes a lot to go back into education to start learning the basic. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, it, from from our, our conversation, I'm learning, I've, I've learned from you that each teacher needs to have some kind of psychology background when they go into classroom so it can guide how they're going to interact with their children since they are so much powerful. They have so much power. And, and whatever they do or they say, it might make or break the children. Mm-hmm. So in this 20, 25, 26 years of, of teaching, Debbie, what are we celebrating? The achievements that we really have to say, you know what, Debbie has achieved. It's, it's a lot already. I've, I have <laughs> I've had some already. But, but what are those that, you know, you say, this is what I am celebrating since I've been in this profession for more than 25 years? What am I celebrating? Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. That's in- Oh, my glasses keep on dropping off. That's interesting. What am I celebrating? You know, I'm celebrating my students because my students have taught me a lot. Mm. Something you said which is interesting, although some people might be psychologists or have psychology background, mm. not everybody use it. Mm. You also need to be, you also need to have the mirror yeah. and you need to look at yourself in the mirror because when you're teaching, you're supposed to be listening to yourself and say to yourself, okay, how is this student receiving what I'm saying? Mm. And when a student come up to you as an educator, right, I think it is so important that you don't just blame 
you reflect and ask yourself, because one of my coach have reminded me of that, and ask yourself, how have you contributed to that? Because you have contributed to it. It is not about the student. And the more I, the more I'm in the profession, and now that I coach educators, mm. the more I'm in it, looking at it from all angles, the more I'm beginning to celebrate my students because my students have taught me so much, mm. either in the action and what they do, etc. Mm. That's why I say to educators all the time, you cannot blame a student for the negative behavior. Yeah. You need to dig deep and see the causal factor. You cannot blame a student for lack of engagement. It is not the student business to engage. It is your business as an educator to engage your students. Mm. So you need to ask yourself what you are not doing. As a teacher. Exactly. Because I then said to, to, to educators, when you go out on training, we are quick to say, oh, that trainer was rubbish. Yes. Because... Exactly, because you are seeing that trainer is not giving you what you need. That's the same way. When you go back into your classroom, the students see yours. My goodness, that teacher is real rubbish. You have to ask yourself, why are students saying you're rubbish? I must say, I have been fortunate that I have not had students, you know, say that I'm rubbish, whatever, because I say to my students, when I'm in a classroom, if you do not want to learn, you pass my door and keep on walking, right? Because when you come into my classroom, I am, I am here to make sure that you learn. Yeah. And I've had a number of students saying the same thing to me, that yes, I am a very strict educator. I am very strict because yeah. I expect you to learn, but I'm also very fair. You know, I have to make my lesson very engaging. Some people might say I'm a lazy teacher because I do feel that my students need to be, it's a partnership. Yes. I'm not standing in the class and talking to you. I say to students, the first thing I do when I walk into a classroom, if you are expecting chalk and talk, you're in the wrong class. I do not chalk and talk. I believe that we have a partnership. I learn from you and you learn from me. I do not have all the answers and I do not carry a dictionary or an encyclopedia in my head. First of all, I'm a human being, so I make mistakes. And when you see I make a mistake, tell me, I say, oops, it's an error. Yes. Right? Mm. I don't have all the answers. So if you're looking for a teacher that have all the answers, sorry, that's the wrong teacher. Because I'm not setting myself up to fail. I'm not telling you I have all the answers. Mm. Because you have to children say to you, but miss, you're a teacher. I am a teacher. My role is to empower you for us to find the answer. Because if a student asks me a question I don't know, my first thing is, oh my goodness, you know what? That's a lot of your homework. Yeah. So when you come in tomorrow, we Tell discuss that. it. Mm. Oh, miss, not another homework. So when they ask me a question, <laughs> when someone ask me a question, they're quick, the other speaker, we don't want another homework. You guys better find the answer. Of course. <laughs> they're going to find the answer. Because you see, it forced students to start thinking critically. Mm. Because if you're not going to give you another piece of homework, 
you are going to find your answer and I'm going to make sure that the whole class know the answer. Because when you see a student sitting in the corner, I'm thinking, you've been sitting there for too long. I gave you the opportunity to, to volunteer the answer. You haven't. I'm forced to ask you a question. Yes. Because you see, we as educators need to realize it's the students that are not saying anything. That's the students we need to be finding. Mm. Mm. Because those that are confident, they will give you the answers. But little Johnny sitting in the corner have the answer, but he's afraid to speak because he probably was bullied yesterday. Mm. So we need to actually tackle little Johnny. Yes. And it doesn't matter if little Johnny got the answer wrong, you know. Well done. You know what? I'm really happy that you gave me an answer. But you know what? Try again. It's fine. You know, try again. You almost there. You know, you almost there. Mm -hmm. Try, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So you are actually saying, because you see, for my student, one of the things I celebrate in my student, you have to know what I celebrate, I just realized, what I celebrate. <laughs> when my students speak in the class. Yeah. The reason for that is I am empowering them. I'm increasing their confidence. I'm making them feel that they're enough. Their self-esteem and self-worth. I don't care if you answer me and it's wrong. I don't care. I've got you to speak. I keep on saying to my student, and my mother have always said that, um, failure is not made for animals. Failure made for human beings. Mm -hmm. And from failure, just behind the failure, we have the gem of the right answer. So when a student gives me an answer and it's wrong, I celebrate it. Yeah. Because I feel, okay, that's fine. But you know what? Try again. Okay. You're yeah. almost there. Although that may not even almost be there, but you're almost there. Let's hear it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on, come on. You know, so therefore that's my thing of saying, yes, I got you to talk. That's fine. Give me an answer. It doesn't matter if it's a wrong answer. As long as I can. accept the wrong answer because you know what? From the wrong answer, you are going to be searching for the right answer. And you start and thinking when, as well. Exactly. And when students have wrong answers, we need to celebrate it. We're not celebrating so much of the wrong answer. We're celebrating that they're spoken and it is okay. Being wrong is okay. We need to make being wrong okay. Yes. And we need to make failure okay. Because when we don't make failures okay, people are afraid to come out of their comfort zone and they're afraid to make mistakes. That's true. That's and true. that is what school is doing. School is stopping students from making mistakes. I thought it was just only me who saw that. No, I, I said a great mistake. Yeah. And the student was saying, but miss, I got a trouble. I said, yes, I know. That's I said, so what? Hey, with my students, I tell them when, when they do activities and say, you know what, I'm, I, I don't get it right. I don't want to fail. Then I tell them, you know what, life is about failing. You need to mm -hmm. fail and fail and learn how to fail and continue failing. And from that failing, you need to learn to do things. You need to learn to, to find the other ways to mm -hmm. the right answer. But again, mm -hmm. life doesn't have the, the only, doesn't have one solution to a problem. Exactly. So can be coming from north, south, yeah. east, yeah. going to go to the center. So yeah. You're going this way, or you're thinking along those lines, do not yeah. worry. 
focus on yeah. what with your yeah. That's what I tell you. It is so very true. But you see, I keep on saying to my students, I don't see it as a failure. You found a way not, it's not working. I remember Einstein, it was ideas. Edison. Edison said that, you know, yeah, he Edison. found, yeah, 10,000 ways of how it doesn't work. Yes. And it's fantastic because those are the ways you know it's not working. But however, even in that failure, you found something that you could use later on. Mm. You see, so that's why when I actually look at my experience in terms of, I did not, I wanted to become a medical researcher and I didn't become a medical researcher. Mm. I always have to be thanking this woman because she actually made, A, she made me work harder and B, she actually made me realize that that was not your full passion. I probably mm. I would have been passionate about it, mm. you know, but later on I would find, find my way into education. Because sometimes we have different channel. Mm. And for me, that was one of it. So even in the midst of telling me that I would amount to nothing, etc., mm. yeah. that was a foundation for me to show students that the, um, the product of being told that I would amount to nothing, and here I am, an educator, you're educating you, etc. And mm. there are possibilities. Never make anybody tell you that you're not able to do anything. That's true. That's true. It's, I could be talking to you for the next 365 days. I'm loving this conversation. I think I'm going to invite a lot of experienced teachers because I'm, 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 I'm watching, I'm, I'm listening, I'm learning. I'm doing a whole lot of things at once, but most important is I am learning. And, and you know, like when you do... When you interview the not experienced teachers, you have a script. This one, we went off the script with the first question. <laughs> exactly. That was, you know, that's educators, right? <laughs> we went off the script. When I realized, you no, know this one, we're not going to stick to the script. I was like, thank God. I want to have a conversation. I want to learn. I want to enjoy the conversation. But Sorry, I don't tell. It's interesting that you're saying that. Yeah. As you know, I'm doing this this um, <laughs> this this platform <laughs> experience educators educators who working on the online platform. Yeah. What I did was I had a script. I was asking them in terms of engagement. I said, you know, one of my questions was, what was it like engaging with students on the online platform? Mm. And they were talking. Forget about that engagement, you know. They were talking about the behavior, the discipline, all of that. Halfway through thinking, after that, I, I think I did that for four weeks. Yeah. After that, I'm thinking, I'm trying to find questions. I'm not finding, I've got no more questions in my head to ask. And they're not even sticking to the questions. <laughs> Forget about the questions. Get out right? the they're not working. <laughs> exactly. Let's just have a conversation on your experience of working on the online platform. What were the challenges and triumphs? Let's talk about it. What have you learned? What, what are you going to do different next time? How are you exactly. going to do next time? Yeah. But, but exactly. to keep you long, Debbie, um, just the last one. Um, we want to draw from experience. We want to draw from, from this from this gold and, and, and have it to ourselves so we can use it for the next um, generations. So the last one would be to those aspiring young teachers, 
who are still in university who, who might not have wanted to be educators. But due to circumstances, they found themselves studying towards education. What would you tell them about this precious? You see, there are two factors. Yes. I also feel that if you are not passionate about something, mm. you wouldn't be good at it. Mm. However, yes. you could also find something in all of that that you are passionate about. Mm. So two things. Yes, you say in terms of circumstances mm. that made you be in that situation. Sooner or later, if you do not try to find the nuggets in that situation and start homing onto it, it's going to be difficult. Because as we know, when you're looking at a diamond, diamond is not, you know, glitter when we get it. It is actually from a mock. So you have to actually scrape it up, scrape it up, shine it, so you then have the finished product. So if it's a situation where that is wasn't your passion. You need to actually dig deep to see if you could actually find that one little spark of diamond that you could then explore and make it become a big diamond. If you cannot find it, I would have to say to you, there is something out there for you. Because one of the worst things is being trapped in an area that you don't want to be. You will not see the the, the positive in it. All that's going to be coming to you is the negative and the challenges. I keep on saying in every challenge, there is triumph. We need to just dig into it so deep that we could find it. And in all situations, there are positive. We just have to find it because it's there. It's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. So that would be one of the things I'm going to say to, you know, say to that new educator. I'm also going to say to them is, do not feel that you could do everything. Do not label yourself as a super. You're not a superhero. You are a human being. The minute you start attaching, you then start having expectation and the outside world start having expectation of you, which you may not deliver as a human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at your capability. And it is so important. You also need to realize that everything takes time. The pyramid wasn't built in a day. Step by step, step by step. And you need to look to your students. Reflect, reflect, reflect. Any situation happen, you ask yourself, how did I contribute to that? Mm-hmm. There's sometimes the ego is so big, it prevents us from seeing it. Okay. You need to become detached to the situation mm-hmm. and it becomes easier for you to identify how you contribute to it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's being a teacher... And being an excellent teacher takes a lot. Mm. Reflect, 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 reflect. And you're not only reflecting in terms of a teacher, you're reflecting in terms of an individual. Mm. Because when somebody says something to you and you might perceive it as negative, you then have to ask yourself, okay, what can I take from that? There is something there to take from. 
You may not like what they say to you, but then you have to quietly ask yourself, okay, I really hate that person, you know, why are they saying that to me, but say to yourself, okay, there must be something in it. What is it? You need to start humbling yourself. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And what I would say to all educators, especially the new one, reflection is a powerful thing. Mm. You know, you need to look at yourself in the mirror because you see your students also reflect you. Eh? What you give out, that's what you get back. And you need to be very, this is not, this is not unreal. This is real. Because if you give out a smile, you get a smile back. Mm. If you give out positivity, you get back positivity. So you need to give out what you want to come back to you. Yeah, true. Very true. And that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's, you know, those are the things I could say because you see, I feel that the contents we deliver is not as important as the person itself. Because I say to people, before I start delivering contents in my lesson, I have to unpack the backpack the students coming with. They're coming with, they have not had breakfast. You know, they had an argument with their mother. Their father tell them that. The father is in prison. There's so many things. So when they're coming to me, they come with all these things in a backpack. And then I want to teach them intellectually? Hell no. It's not happening. You see, because when we train, we seem to think that, Yes, I'm going to show them you could perform miracles. No, you can't. Because <laughs> I remember when I, when I graduated from university in 2010, um, I was so excited that I'm going to go in, I'm going to teach the children, they're going to graduate, and they're going to, going to go to the next stage and go to the next stage. Yeah. More like a production system. Yeah, right. Like yeah. You're just building a car. From that point, you go to that point, you know. Teaching is not like that. Yeah. You, will, you will be in one station for for about 20, 15 days. And, yeah. And, yeah. and what, what I'm not happy about is covering the curriculum, particularly in the government school. We need to cover the curriculum. We've got this whole year to cover the curriculum. It's so possible. We're not impacting. We're not teaching. We're just passing the children through the production system. They're in grade one, go grade two, grade three. Mm. But what did we do in grade two? What did we do in grade three? Mm, if we mm. listen, if we look at that child and try to break her down or him down and understand before we delivering, before we deliver the content. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. why I do in my class. I have to, you know, I have to have them with me before I deliver because in my lesson, the first thing we do in a lot of, they come into my lesson to music, to mm. classical music, because I need to have my students Center because they come outside, they're running, they're running late, they want to get to Debbie's lesson before Debbie said not to come in, and it's like all of that. Oh, so yeah. when they get to the class, they you know they sweat and bother. So oh, you come into the music, so you need to relax with the classical music and you need to read your quotes on the board, and then we start teaching my lesson because as much as when you do those little bits, when you start teaching you get a lot more. It's like I would take a class out to, uh, to do exercise outside, to run on the spot. When they come back, they say, oh my goodness, miss, I'm taking in so much more. Yes, because your brain was tired. Mm. You know, so it's like all of that, all those little yeah. things, you know, you learn on the way, you know. They play a major role, a major role. Yeah. A major role. Yeah. Let, me, let me not keep you for long because I can't wait for your next session just in, in a yes. few hours.
um, would like to say thank you so, so much for, mm. for making time and, and speak to me and teach me. I really learned a lot. I'm super excited. Um, from now on, I'm going to go through the uh, recording again and learn again and learn again <laughs> whilst transcribing. And once I'm done with, with writing your story, then I will share with you and, and ask you what you think. Okay, thank you so very much. I feel so honored to be asked to come on this program. Yeah. I so thank you very much. And you guys, as young educators, are doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes I know it's easy to want to give up because of all the negativity. Mm -hmm. But one thing you need to remember, you are changing the life of one child. Yeah. Changing the one life of one child, you're actually making an impact. One of the beautiful things about teaching is when you actually go to the supermarket and you hear, Miss, you remember me? No. Reminds me, and then they remind you, and they say, Okay. And they say, You know, you've made such an impact on my life that I actually, you know, use your surname as my password. Oh, <laughs> you know. So it's beautiful when you can look back and see the impact that you're making. It is tough. I am not going to say it's not. But it is so beautiful when you actually see that. You actually plant the seed and see the flower growing. That's what you do as an educator. You plant the seed and you just see the seed germinate and germinate until it becomes a flower. And it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. You know, so well done, you guys. Thank you so very much. I really feel honored and blessed that, you know, you guys have been looking at the platform because I didn't know I was just doing my thing, right? It's only yes. now people saying to me, you, I remember one educator said to me, I think it was in the fourth show, you know you're making history, really? Yes, she you said, are. Yes. You are. She said, Is yes, you are. I said, so really? I said, I didn't see that. She said, you don't understand. Okay, okay. It's in same way as you're speaking about Edison, same way as you're speaking about um, the science guys, we will one day in, in, in 50, 100 years' time, they will speak about Davy. Who went that would be good. And I've done my job. <laughs> or questioning um, or just getting the experience and sharing your knowledge with our people. That's what yeah. um, I've, I've learned that creating content and share it with people for free is the most powerful thing ever you could do for people. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. Because they're seeing a different, you know, because even though you, content, you share content, when they actually deliver it, it's from still a different standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they're bringing, you know, their experience on it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's powerful. Education is powerful because yeah. on my platform, I'm constantly saying, stop attacking us. You know, stop attacking us. We, in everybody's life, there had been an educator. So I'm on a crusade, actually. I keep on realizing that every day. I'm on a crusade to make people realize the value of educators. Yes. Because we're not valued. We're not. We're not. As young as I am, I see that and, and such comments or, or negative things that they say about education, they're not going to make me leave the profession. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm going to study towards my law degree or what, I will stay here. I want to be um, as experienced, as knowledgeable as you are one day. One day. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. It's a fantastic profession. It's hard, but it's fantastic. It's a brilliant profession. 
you know, it's brilliant. Actually, today on my show, I need to sing the, I need to sing the praise. People must be fed up of me, right? Because all I'm doing is, when I go to the platform, I use it to sing the praise of educators. <laughs> On TV, I, I sing the praise at the beginning, and I sing the praise at the end. end. Yes. <laughs> uh, Debbie, thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you later on your show. Yes, Enjoy thank you very much. Your okay, I would message you because I want you to give me some educators, some female educators to come onto the platform. Yes, I spoke to a few. I'm still waiting for their response. Okay, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Because we need to celebrate it and I need different countries. So I can say, yes, look at what this country have done, you know, although they're yeah. not so-called, you know, developed countries, so-called, you know, American. This is what they've done, a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway, my dearies, thank you so very much. I feel so blessed. Keep on in there, you know, because you guys are doing a brilliant job. So tell your colleagues you guys are doing a brilliant job. It's tough, but it's brilliant. Just think you're changing the mindset of one person. That's good enough. That one person changing the mindset of another. Brilliant. Well done. Thank, Thank you, you so Mr. much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay blessed. Bye. <laughs>